Welcome to the Black Psychologist Podcast, where we have conversations and give insight into human behavior and promote mental health wellness. I'm Dr. Kyle Osborne, and with my co-host, Dr. Jason Coleman, we'll discuss health topics, everyday life issues, and try to give you a better understanding of yourself, other people, and the world around you. So just sit back, relax, and hopefully you'll leave with some information that'll have you live in your best healthy life. Thanks for listening and enjoy the podcast. All right. Welcome back to the Black Psychologist podcast. Appreciate everybody tuning in and returning uh, here. Let's see what we got to say. I am one half of your host, Dr. Kyle Osborne, your clinician, and I'm here with my co-host and who's helping me fly this plane the one the only the man the myth the legend dr jason coleman how are you good brother hey man what's going on bro glad to be here again man how you doing hanging there man how was your week man can't complain man just grinding you know working you know trying to rest a little bit um you know full disclosure i didn't really get much coping in this weekend it was it was, it was pretty much all work so I didn't even take my own advice, but, um, you know, we are uh, otherwise just I'm blessed. You know, we are on to the next topic for today. You know, there you go. There you go. Yeah, man, it's been uh, I think last week was different or was tough for a lot of different reasons, man. Like you had um, like it was a short week because of the holiday. But then also like we had the snow. Like, so I don't know where, how like how bad it was like in your area. But like over here, it was it was terrible, man. Like it was that, that thing's a pain in the ass. Yeah. You know, I mean, listen, I, I, I appreciated the day off, but, you know, with some of, you know, sometimes, you know, like it's not really a day off because, you know, you get get to work. You just got double to do the next day. So, you know, that much. goes, man. You know, yeah. a lot and of times had, I just. <laughs> and he had to shovel out and everything just to get out the joint, man. Yeah, that thing was. um, Yeah, I, I didn't like that at all. You know, but um, so we'll get started off with things. So, um. I know a lot of what we talked about last week was uh, was COVID. And, you know, that's probably going to be like a, a running theme because pretty much of the times that we live in, it's going to be some form or some fashion um, or to a certain extent, COVID's going to be related. Um, so, as you know, you and I are big sports fans, right? I don't think there's ever a conversation that we have where sports doesn't find its way somewhere in there, right? Definitely. So, um, wanted to get your take on uh on the All Star Cowboys game. Cowboys stand up. Oh yeah, yeah, Cowboys man. Yeah, listen, y'all up. need to give Dak his money, man. Stop playing around. Like, listen, listen, man. You 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 gonna have a lot more problems than you think because y'all just y'all just signed Carson Wentz, didn't you? Yeah, you know what, man. I'm happy. I'm just happy we didn't give that much up to get him. <laughs> you see All what right. I'm saying? Like we didn't get man, that much up to get him. And um, I tell you what, I'm I'm cool with. The fact that we got a quarterback, because, you know, Phillip Rivers, he retired. And so at least I'm cool with uh, we got somebody. But like we're going to find out if the bull wins is good. But, that ain't it, man. We'll, we'll talk about it later, but that ain't it. <laughs> uh, you know. All right, so back to the All-Star game. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, so, you know, as you know, the All-Star game is going to be happening in um, about two to three weeks. And, um, you know, it's been a lot of uh, it's been a lot of controversy. It's been a lot of opinions about them continuing to have the all star game in Atlanta, given uh, the pandemic that we are that we're currently facing. So as a health clinician, what are your thoughts about that? Uh, well, about the all star game or about Atlanta? 
Because those are two different things. We're, um, first, let's start with Atlanta. Um, hey, we can get we can get into Atlanta first. Go ahead. Atlanta's off the hook. Atlanta's off the hook right now. Right? Atlanta's off the hook right now for a bunch of reasons. Reason number one is that people in Atlanta, I don't want to paint everybody with a broad brush, but, you know, there's video. Yeah, now, nah, nah, Atlanta's off the hook, man. You know, um... Man, they got a lot of things going on down there. You know? I mean, I just I just think that that's the first part of it. Like, Atlanta in general, like, it just kind of seems like people are kind of going about, you know, their daily, you know, routine and kind of doing what they want to do. And I get it. Well, no, I don't get it. I understand why they're doing it because it's young people or fairly young people doing it. But, again, it's an absence of kind of understanding of how, you know, your behavior you know, kind of impacts other people. So you look on the news and you see those numbers going up and up and up. You know, if you're one of those people that's out there, you know, then you're kind of contributing. Now, the All-Star game, I, th- that's a whole nother point, right? Because, you know, from what I've heard and read, you know, a lot of the players, you know, and it kind of started with LeBron a couple of weeks ago. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I really don't think it's necessary. I think it's a, you know, they kind of, obviously they're doing it for money. Um, and the whole thing about the all-star game is supposed to be a fan experience, right? And if it's not going to be no fans there, then what's the point, you know? So that's kind of how I would start with it. I think it's pointless. Yeah, it's, um, so guess what state, right? Out of the whole U S is number six, as far as the highest total in COVID cases, take a guess. Okay. Georgia, we talking Georgia. Absolutely. Right. And of course, mm-hmm. being that Atlanta is a major, you know, metropolitan city, the majority of the cases are coming from that from the Atlanta area. Right. So mm-hmm. that's already a situation in itself. And then now, like you mentioned it, you know, I'm going to read you some quotes. Right. That I um, I saw a couple of weeks ago. Uh, so LeBron, like you mentioned, said he has zero energy in like for, for about the All-Star game. And he doesn't even understand like why they're having it. Uh, Kawhi Leonard said, we all know why we're playing it. It's money on the line. It's an opportunity to make more money. So they're just putting money over health right now. Darren Fox, you know, he was like, uh, to be brutally honest, I think it's stupid. If we have to wear a mask and do all this for a regular game, then what's the point of bringing the all-star game back? Right. Carl Anthony Towns, who lost his mom and six other family members due to COVID, uh, then he tested positive and he was out for like a month. Right. 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 I remember he, he, so, he, like, he, he lost a bunch like, of family members. Exactly. Yeah. So yeah. he's saying that, well, he doesn't even believe that there should be an all-star game. And so he's like, but what the hell do I know? Obviously I haven't dealt with COVID probably a guy that has some insight into it. Like, you know, and it's it's like, like that's really troubling and disturbing. Right when your players are that adamant about like, listen, we have no desire to play in this game due to everything that's happening. And you're still going to press forward with it. Like even the mayor of Atlanta came out and was like, yo, don't come down here. Right. He was like, listen, this is not a good situation. So like, yeah, she's always, but she's always been kind of. Right. So I just feel like saying, she's is, always been on the, on the right side of it. Yeah, like it's very dangerous. Like for you to do this, like you just had four players. Um, I think for um for San Antonio, like they just like four players on that team just tested positive, right? So now their games are going to get like canceled or postponed up until the next week, and now you want to bring in 
potentially like 20 different players from different teams all in one area. You see what I mean? Like, I, to me, that's just, that's I don't know, it's really irresponsible. Right. And it's like, you're just adding to the mix of things. Like, that could potentially get even worse because now you're going to have players I, going back to, like, their select teams, I, you know? Now, I don't remember. Did they have one last year? They did. It was just before, because uh, remember, the protocols and the shutdowns didn't happen until um, until March. So like okay, they, okay, they okay. So it was after. It. it was after. Yeah. So okay. like in February, like they just made it, but like it really seems like the players and you know the the NBA are like on two separate aisles here, right? And it's like blatantly right. like, well, we're gonna go, we're gonna forge head with this, and like you said, um, they said I think they're only letting like staff and make family members and like certain like VIPs attend the game. So it's like you said, it's dedicated. Or it's, it's meant to be for like fan interaction, right? So right. If, it's not, if it's not the fans aren't gonna be involved, then why are you forcing the players, you know what I mean, to put themselves in that position? I, right. I don't see the point. And that's just I mean, that's just us looking at it of whether it's practical to have the event or not have the event, right? Because of like what the purpose of it is. But that doesn't even we're not even talking about the health implications of having all these people travel having their families travel, you know, all of the people that are going to have to come to work that day in the arena, all, all of that, all of that mm-hmm. type of stuff, you know, um, we're just kind of, they just kind of disregarding that. Cause remember it's the show, right? Because usually they be, they will be at least making some of that money back on the gate and concessions and all of that, you right. know? Um, so this to me kind of screams as like sponsors, right. And like fulfilling you know, partnerships and agreements that was made years ago, you know, so that you don't have to give the money back, you know? Um, And I, I mean, that's obviously that's a problem because the health implications of that could be enormous. You know what I mean? Um, I mean, because listen, it's ludicrous to think you're going to bring those people into the city for all-star game and for all-star game or all-star weekend, whatever. And what, they're not going to go out to eat. They're not going to go shopping. They're not going to, you know, so in addition to all of the, you know, risks that we have from just bringing all of those people together in that one space, you know, and all of those respective players from different teams mixing up, you know, talking, whatever, touching each other, whatever the case may be, and then going back to their respective organizations, you know, you have all of the residual impact, right? Mm-hmm. So those people are not going to just come to Atlanta and not go to a club, not go get something to eat, not do not any of those things. So I just think it's really just a lack of insight, you know. Um, but again, the NBA, you know, like most organizations, they got a singular focus, right? And they have, you know, um, people who are stakeholders, you know, and those people are advertisers for the most part and the owners and all of that stuff, you know. Um, so, I, I mean, I think it's simple. It's just being driven by that. Um and the health aspect is being thrown out the window. So, but it's not new, right? We, we saw this in Georgia earlier, um, you know, when, when the whole kind of debate was going on about wear a mask, don't wear a mask, right? Mm-hmm. We saw it in Florida the same way, right? So you got leaders, whether it be governors, obviously the mayor of Atlanta has been on the right side of it the whole time. But, you know, some of these people who are the leaders of these governments, you know, have decided that, you know, the almighty dollar is kind of more important, you know, than public health. 
So that's just where we at, you know. Yeah, it's just unfortunate. And uh, I agree with everything you mentioned. It's just unfortunate that it's just that blatant of, you know what I mean, of what they say. We're going to put our players first. We're thinking about health. And then all of a sudden it's like, all right, well, you know, what this all-star game is we're going to do is we're going to condense it as much as possible. Put all these activities in one day. Right. And like you said, they're, you know, they're going to actually thinking that like these players again, aren't going to go out to eat, aren't going to do all these other intangibles or ancillary things. And it's going to be just as contained. Like, um, like, uh, I think I saw in one of the uh, articles that I came across, they were calling it a, a mini bubble. I'm just like, that's not realistic. All right. <laughs> yeah, it's not realistic. Uh, yeah. You know, and it, it's unfortunate. Like, you really feel for the players because I get it. Like, okay, like, this is their job. This is their profession. However, right, we have to look at it in the sense of, like, putting them in unnecessary danger, right, is just, you know, it's just disconcerting, right? It's just disheartening in that right. sense of, of thinking about their welfare and they their families, right? Because they have to go back to their respective families. They have to go back to their loved ones. And, you know, I get that they chose this profession, but they didn't choose to be, especially for an exhibition game, right? Like you said, there are partnerships, but this is an exhibition game strictly for right. the partnerships, the sponsors and I saw something that like some of the proceeds, I think like two and a half million is going to be going towards uh, HBCUs to support awareness and around equality mm-hmm. and COVID and, you know, equality care relief. And that's all well and good. But if they're making if they're going to be able to give two and a half million to HBCUs, what are they making? Right. I mean, come on, let's be now let's be serious. <laughs> we already know. Right. They cutting two point five million of the pie. And giving it to our alma maters, then you know they probably, you know they probably making a hundred million off the day, you know. Um, exactly. You know, and that's not we're not talking about jerseys and all this other stuff that they, you know, they selling. But again, it comes down to public health, you know, or the economy sometimes, right? And I mean, again, we're not going to get too political, but you know, we've seen where most people's, you know, when they when you say put your money where your mouth is we you know we see where most people's value kind of lie when it comes to that you know it's usually about the economy so and i and and in all honesty it's it's surprising to me because of how well they handled it last season right in terms of the bubble and all of that the nba was almost like a model you know um in terms of like trying trying to like model new um kind of like the best behaviors and just being able to adjust on the fly you know but that makes this even more surprising, you know? So, I mean, again, I'm disappointed, but, you know, a lot of these bigger knees, you know, they're, you know, certain obligations, they just, you know, work. I think we need this here, you know? Um, we'll see how it, how it works out. I don't think it's a good idea, but we'll see how it works out, you know? Yeah, I definitely hope that everybody's able to um, stay safe and stay as healthy as possible, you know, to the people that are participating from, you know, whether it be, like you said, the staff or and the players. So hopefully, you know, it doesn't uh, it doesn't get too out of hand. So we can just kind of hope and pray for the best. Yeah. Um, so keeping it on the culture front. All right. Uh, we came across some articles that were um, involving uh, mental health and, and hip hop and rap. Right. So mental right. health is starting to take center stage in some of the top rap songs and things that are coming out. Um, and uh, the research, there was a study that was done over a period of time 
Uh, and it looks like it says researchers found that in 1998, 32% of popular rap songs discussed mental health. Good. And in 2018, that number doubled. So one to get your take on that. Like, what are your thoughts and opinions on mental health getting mixed in more with, with hip hop and that culture? Well, I mean, honestly, this is a topic like I kind of wanted to do something with for a very long time. Like mm -hmm. I've been, I mean, I still might like think about like writing a little bit on this because um, yeah. I think it's very interesting, right? First of all, I think the light is just kind of being shined on hip hop in terms of like talking about mental health. But I mm -hmm. think it's always it's always been there, right? Like I consider myself a student of hip hop. I'm a fan first, you know, um, and it's always been there, you know. Um, now I think, you know, things are just becoming more prevalent. So um, I think in that article you sent me, they were saying like, what were they saying? In 1998 was it 30, 30 percent? Yeah, right. And they were saying that um, ten years later it doubled, right? Right. Yep. Right. So. I think it's kind of interesting when we look at how that coincides with, you know, we've seen a lot of, and of course I'm not talking about like hard figures here, but we've seen over the years, we've seen an increase in, you know, hip hop artists dying, you know, by suicide, um, a lot of mental health problems in terms of just being, being taken to the forefront front in terms of talking about things, right? Um, the kid X that I think about comes to mind Little Peep comes to mind, Little Wayne comes to mind, you know, people that have talked openly, you know, kind of about mental health challenges, right? Another, and if we look at the current artists, I think we got to give them a lot of credit. And I mean, mm -hmm. like your, your G Herbos, your, your Rod Waves, you know, there's a lot of these guys out here where, you know, they're in their 20s or early 30s um, and they had the courage to kind of talk about not only mental health diagnoses they've had, but engaging in therapy, you know, mm -hmm medication struggles they've had um and i think first of all we got to give our give take our hats off to the to this younger generation right because they're chipping away at the stigma number one um the second thing i think that it putting these things out in the open you know i think makes it more likely that individuals will talk about things they're struggling with you know and hopefully you know seek help you know um but that's just where I would start, you know, so I think it's a good thing. Um, and with all of the kind of for lack of it's for some of the content, you know, when we're talking about this, you know, in terms of bringing mental health to the forefront, I think we got to give rappers, especially the young rappers credit, you know, um, what do you think? No, all day with that, man. Um, I think it's dope. I think every part of this is is great because you know, the impact of rap is so powerful, man, in, in our communities, right? Or in, or in any lower SES community, right? It's, you know, in that community where we're from, like about 90% of people that live there, 90% of the residents are battling trauma, right? Or battling right. some form of some mental health issue. I mean, I think it's something, I, I read an article maybe a year or two ago that you, like in, in, in our community, we have about like, it's about 40% of people are have been diagnosed and are, are living and battling PTSD. So right. like, I, I love every part of this because like you said, it's been happening, but it's happening more frequently, right? So right. like years and years ago, um, you had 
a few select songs that were taking place. So you had like um, you had like the Ghetto Boys, right? Where my mind is playing tricks on me, where they were talking about someone suffering from uh, post traumatic stress or like the paranoia thinking and schizophrenia. And you had, I remember on Big's first album, um, the suicidal thoughts. Thought. Yeah, the suicidal mm-hmm. thoughts. And you know how he's writing it from the from you know the perspective of like a suicide note. Then he calls Puff, like, "Listen, this is what I'm I'm getting ready to do." And um, of course, you had Tupac with the um, with the so many tears so, and all the other. Just songs. let me jump in. Just let me jump in for a second. Think yeah, about yeah. when that came out. I remember I was in eighth grade. That's ninety four, right? right. The shock of that song, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, obviously, you know, that's part of Biggie's whole appeal is, 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 is taking the norms and just turning them on the outside, you know, upside down, mm-hmm. right? But the audacity of somebody to, to, to speak about that, right? In a way, no time during that, and, 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 and think about it, right? Um, unfortunately, a lot of people associate you know, having suicidal thoughts wrongly, they associated with weakness, right? Nobody would ever associate Biggie Smalls with weakness, right? Yeah. So that to me, when I look back at that song and I look back at how powerful it was, it wasn't just powerful just because he had the awe to, to talk about those things in public, but it's like Barack Obama or, or talking to you about mental health, right? It's like seeing LeBron James on the Calm commercial, right? It's like Michael Phelps telling you he got depression. These yeah. are monsters, right? So if Robin Williams is dealing with depression, you know, then little old me, you know, you know what I mean? How, why should I be ashamed? Right. Um, so I, I, I just I didn't even I of course, I didn't look at it as that in the moment, but I just wanted to point that out. But go ahead. My bad. No, that, and absolutely. Because that, that's the impact, you know, that I'm talking about. Like once you kind of understand what's taking place, like you had that song. um, you had Tupac, of course, with his songs, like with so many tears where he's talking about, you know, the suicidal thoughts and all the stressors. I remember um, I'm a big Tribe Called Quest fan. So I remember they had a song called Stressed Out where they were talking about just everyday stressors and anxiety and then taking medication. Right, right. And um, like you you just said something that, that really um, I wanted to, to highlight is that like, yo, in our community, right, we're like we're told not to talk about that. Right. We're told to hold back tears. We're told to, you know, you got to stay strong no matter what you're you're experiencing. It's like, yo, stay strong. Don't get it out. Like, don't put our business out there. Right. Don't put family business out there. If you are struggling with something, you know, we got to hold all that in. And for like when you hear, like you said, some of the newer artists now that are willing to talk about like what I'm what they're going through. Right. And it doesn't always have to be to the extent where it's, it's like maybe a full blown um a full blown mental health issue or disorder it could be just like just talking about just emotional stuff what's going on or situational right like right. It, it's really good when you have like these artists to help normalize regular you know emotional issues it might be like talking about like i remember um What's his name? Uh, Joe Button, right? He he came out with a song uh, like called "Only Human," and it was about like after he recently got out of jail, right? So he right. was talking about like what where his mental state was as far as that goes. He was talking about the depression. Kendrick had a joint on uh on his album the 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 song "You," where he talks about like survivor's guilt, right? He talks about um you know his depressive thoughts of like yo I made it out right 
with with my talent, but there are still people that I care about that are still back there, and he's not able to save people. You that's know? a good. That's a good point. I think Joe Budden is a good example, right? Because he's one of these people who has talked openly about his struggles with mental health, right? Mm-hmm. Bravely talk talked openly about it, um, and what he's done in terms of the work, the hard work he's he's done, you know. Um, and the thing is, you know. And I mean, we can kind of get to that in a, in a minute, but the, the added stress to that is you got a lot of these people, you got to give them their credit because they, a lot of them are still going through these, you know, mental health isn't something that ends, right? So they're right. going through these struggles in the public eye, right? Um, and just in terms of talking about the music for a minute, for a minute, I think the proof is in the sales, right? Um, because if you look at a lot of these quote unquote emo rappers, they're blowing up, right? They 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 got 20, 30 million streams on 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 um YouTube, a million a hundred million streams, mm-hmm. right? And and then if we look at adolescents and teenagers, those numbers are spiking in terms of them being diagnosed with mental health disorders or just identifying themselves as having stressors, whether it be school, family, or whatever. Right. So they're not they're consuming that music for a reason. It's resonating with them for a reason, right? Because some of those people are speaking for them, you know? Um, so I just think teachers, right? Parents, us as, as practitioners, like we got to pay attention. Like, I listen, I started bringing rap music into my therapy sessions almost 10 years ago, right? Was I telling my supervisors that I was doing it? No, but I was doing it. Why? Because when I would ask some of my teenagers, you know, if they felt sad, you know, Verb, they couldn't verbalize it, you know, they've been, and we're talking about black and brown males, they've been socialized in a society that tells them to, oh, that the only, you know, emotions they could be comfortable expressing is aggression, right, and happiness if they're around their mother, right? So how can you pull those feelings out? Now, if I ask them, you know, what you listen to when you when you upset, what you listen to to make you feel better, right, what you listen to when you're happy, then I start getting Oh, I listen to Eminem, you know. Oh, I listen to uh, PNB Rock, you know. Oh, I listen to Rod Wade. Oh, I listen to this person and that person. And then we start talking about, well, why does this song resonate with you? Oh, my mother died. My homie died. This person, this person. This is why they listening to this music, mm-hmm. right? Um, so I only point that out to say, you know, you know, it's indicative of a bigger uh, kind of public health issue in terms of where, you know, our you know, young people are at. And, and I mean, I don't even have to, we can look at, I don't have the numbers, but again, we've lost how many young rappers do the suicide or drug overdoses, right? And we know, you know, if a person is dying off a drug overdose, you know, you know, we're not just talking disparagingly about them, but, you know, we know that those are escape mechanisms, right? So the mental health is here, you know, and, and, but if we think about it, hip hip hop is the perfect outlet, right? Because it's always been the voice for the unheard, and people who are unheard, you know, who are in the hood, who are in just bad situations, or or who are just working and grinding every day, just working people, whether they're in the suburbs or or, or not, you know, those people they got in their stories is trauma, you know, like you was talking about, you know. So what we're seeing is that trauma play out through their lives. You know, um, yeah, man, I wonder you mentioned something really important. It's like you said, it's, it's therapeutic for them. 
right? I mean, because that's the easiest coping skill. Like, especially like you said, when you're dealing with teenagers, is their first thing is going to go to music. And like you mentioned, they're going to go with a song or an artist that they identify with. So like you said, I remember, um, you know, a lot of uh, kids that I was working with at some point in time, like Juice World, right? And the song Lucid Dreams was talked about him going through talented. issues. Talented yeah. kid. He was a talented kid. Right. And you know what I mean? Going through a breakup and Lil Uzi Vert, like you mentioned, is one of like, is like the leading emo rapper who talks about, he talks openly about issues you know things his the, you know the darkness that he experiences and like like you said like that's a window like i feel like as a clinician or and as a parent and just like us you know anyone that wants to help people especially when you're looking at any marginalized population but especially like kids the youth where you say you don't understand them like yo the window is through the music like if you're able to get in tune with what who a person or who a kid is listening to like you said he's going to listen, he or she is going to listen to this song because it resonates with them, right? It, it, it takes them down that path of what they're experiencing. It's just like, you're able to get so much from this. And the fact that, like you said, these these younger artists are are so upfront about it, right? They're willing to tell you, not even just put it in a in a, in a bar or in a, a metaphor. No, nah, no, they're going to tell you the medication that they're taking, right? They're going to tell you what exactly took place to them, the way that they're dealing with their trauma, because it's therapeutic for them when they're writing the song, when they're writing the lyric. And then that's, like you said, it speaks to everyone that's going through that same thing. So it sets the stage. Give you, go ahead. Now, I'll give you a prime example. I had a teenager in my office probably like six months ago. We were doing an evaluation about some, you know, some very sensitive like trauma and different things she had depression right very significant right she she again she didn't really feel comfortable talking about the depression not saying she has the depression so she knows what it feels like but in terms of finding the words to explain it to me you know person she's meeting for the first time it's a little difficult so you know how it goes you know um we got 101 ways to skin a cat right so i'm just talking to her uh, you know i don't force anybody to talk about her, her regular interest and she starts talking to me about music and the first person she mentions is rod wade hmm. now I, i'm a student of hip-hop and i listen to these young artists now. i know a lot of rob music is focused around depression and being lost and you know finding himself and all of those things those are the themes around i'm not saying every song is like that but those are the themes around music right so as soon as she said that to me I said okay I got something here you know so I, my next question wasn't what are your depressive symptoms it was like well why you okay Rod Wave is dope I, I mentioned one song that I knew you know okay Dark Clouds you listen to Dark Clouds she looked at me like I had three heads she said Dark Clouds she said yeah I'll listen to that I said why well why do you listen to that Rest of my evaluation. That they're, they're, she told me all about the depression. Right. Why? Because that was her main outlet, right? So, again, that's the type of kid that, you know, it may take one extra step for a therapist or an evaluator or somebody just to take interest, you know? And that's the type of kid where they might not never want to come to therapy. But if you tell them, like, at the end of the, the session, we're going to listen to one of Rod Wave songs, you know, blah, blah, blah. Or, or Bring it in the session, right? So, so with a, when I got kids like that, I say, all right, 
What song you listen to the most? Dark Clouds? All right. We print out Dark Clouds. Mm-hmm. Next three sessions, what you think we're doing? We're going through the first verse. How does this relate to your life? How that relate to your life? Why, what does this line mean? What does that line mean? This is our way in, right? Yeah. Um, and I'm not saying everybody has to do it that way, but what I'm saying is all of this is a reflection of a bigger problem, you know? Um, so we got to give credit again, you know, to these younger artists for having the courage to step out here and talk about their personal issues, you know, um, and being ambassadors, right? Like, again, G Herbo named his art, his album PTSD. And he talked about going to a therapist and he talked about the stigma of him being a, a young black man and going to, to speak to a, a, I don't know if it was a younger, older white woman and what that felt like for him before and afterwards and during the process. Wow. Right. Right. Um, Chief Keith was on that show, the um, psychiatrist, or the, I don't want to misquote, but the therapist session or something like that, you know. Um, but we got to remember, like, just because these people are stars, you know, again, they're living out whatever their challenges are in the public eye. Right. So I think that's a good segue to what we were kind of talking about off the air in terms of Kanye West. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, his divorce is a big story. You know, now it's 2021, right? Now, I remember having conversations with colleagues and other people, and I'm not, I've never called Kanye West is not my patient, so I've never diagnosed him. So I'm not saying that. But it's but he's reported and it's well documented that he has bipolar disorder, right? right. Mm-hmm. The start of this spiral started years ago, brother, brother, through the public. Like we've seen this public unraveling. You know, and for a while it was entertaining to people, right? Because Kanye's running for president and Kanye's debating with people, you know, uh, at, at the town hall, right? And Kanye is tweeting and he Kanye's sending out uh, 20, 20 tweets in a day, right? Kanye completed four albums in three days. Me and you know, all these are all symptoms of bipolar disorder. Right. And, yeah. and more and more so untreated by Untre- yeah the mania the untreated mania yeah the impulsivity. You know, um so what i just want to know what was your experience kind of watching that and what were people around you saying and things like that man it, it was really tough man because you know anyone that knows me knows that i'm a huge kanye fan man like i'm i'm a huge kanye fan from like the beginning of prior to college dropout like i've he he was in that same van like i told you i'm i'm a big um Tribe Called Quest fan. So he, that was a heavy okay. influence on him. And so, like, you know, Kanye was an artist that I identified with just because of his type of music, right? Because his mom was an educator. My mom was an educator. Like, he came from middle class or he came from, you know, he wasn't talking about, you know, shooting up and everything. He talked about everyday stuff, right? Talked about, right. you know, just everyday topics. And so, like, it was really tough for me to watch that because, like you said, the first thing that you saw was untreated, right? Untreated mental health issues that were going on. And it, and it yeah. started, I imagine, you know, again, Kanye's not, he's neither one of our patients, but you you kind of start to wonder, you kind of, it's difficult and almost hard not to think as a clinician when you see any artist kind of go through any type of traumatic issue, right? So, you know. <laughs> He had the car accident years and years ago, right? His mom passed away. And the manner in which she passed, um, I can only imagine. And he mentioned it in some of his lyrics that he went through deep depression when that took Mm -hmm. place. And, you know, and then you just 
more things that are happening in the public eye. And, you know, I don't know who he had around him, but it didn't seem like, you know, his best interest was kind of being placed in there. And so when you when you started to see the unraveling, you know, he's going he's having different things with, you know, his family issues with Kim K and kids, whatever. else. But when you started to see like the the episodes taking in place, because people were calling them meltdowns. I'm like, no, that's an episode. Right. Right. That's what that is. Like he's having an episode and it's unfortunate because it's taking place in a public venue or in a public forum. And he's got like these all these flight of ideas. Like you said, he's 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 tweeting at a, such a, you know, <laughs> at a, such an expended rate. And you're, you're you're seeing this take place. And it's just like, man, like I, that that's untreated right there. And it was it was really tough and hard to watch because like we, we saw all of those traits without even like, of course, having him in front of us and diagnosing him. But I mean, it, it looked exactly like how he shared himself as far as like whatever diagnosis that he had maybe received. And then just seeing just the, the bizarre behavior and just him just being so, you know, so elevated. Right. And it, it was tough to watch, man. It really was. Two, two major problems. Right. First of all, as you like, it's hard to, to correctly or, or, correctly treat people who are rich and powerful, you know? Um, and I, and, and, and I think, and I mean, you can let me know if you agree or disagree, but I'm going to make my point quick. I think the industry that he's in plays in it to it too. Right. Because with the rich and powerful stuff beside, right. If you're a rapper or he's a creative artist, so he creates sneakers, he, he creates clothing, he creates music. Listen, and I'm, and I mean this respectfully, if you're a rapper or artist like Mania, may you may have do, have some of your most productive moments when you're manic, right? True. You produce, you put together four albums in three days. Yeah. You, you got flight of ideas. Your, yeah, things yeah. are coming in and out Race, of your mind. Racing thoughts you, and never, all the stuff, writing all types of lyrics. So, so you have that part, right? Because you have people that you're making money, right? And you have people around you that you feed. And they're looking and they're like, well, damn, he, he put together three albums in four days. You understand what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And the other part of it is, I don't, I'm not going to make it personal with his wife, but if you have to have somebody in your best, in your corner that has your best interests, right? Because you can't, everybody can't look at you as a cash cow. And I'm not saying she did. I, I don't know her personally, but what I'm saying is, it doesn't really appear that he had the best people in his corner or he wasn't listening to those people, you know, um, because and, and that's the problem. Right. Because who's going to tell Kanye West, you got to be at therapy at three thirty on Thursday. Right. Nobody's going to tell Kanye West that Kanye West is going to go to a, some He's going to find him a psychiatrist that's going to write him a script. OK. And he's going to fly out. You know, this is my thoughts. OK. Only my opinion. He's going to fly out to Colorado and disappear for a week. You understand? I'm not saying he's doing anything crazy, but I would highly doubt that he's doing the hard work of therapy there. You know what I mean? So now that's a person that's rich and powerful. You know, Um, a regular person is not going to have that much leeway. Right. They're going to be in an inpatient hospitalization unit when they start acting manic at work. Right. Because other people are going to be scared. So it's just it's just there's a lot of factors that kind of, to me, keep somebody in his position from getting good treatment, you know? 
I think um, also that cycle, like you said, for a lot of these rappers or entertainers, one of their main coping strategies, right, is what they do for a living, right? So if you're if you're you're a rapper, if you say again, if it's Kanye West, we're using him as an example. Like you said, his coping thing is gonna be I gotta write, right? Because that's therapeutic. From a lot of them say, like me writing and getting everything down is therapeutic, right? So then that took you. It's almost like it takes you right back into this vicious cycle of like one, that's not treatment, right? Okay, it's probably worked for you at some point in time, but now it's like, okay, now that it's probably gone untreated, we need to start incorporating some other different interventions, some other different resources, right? We can't continue to fall back on, I'm just going to go back and throw myself into the music because the music is helpful. Like, yeah, it is. But also to a certain extent, it's also, you know not helping or is detrimental because it's also the same thing that's reinforcing or like you said it's making money for a lot of people so no one's gonna you know what i mean no one is going to say hey you need to stop doing what you're doing we need to get you some actual help like so it's kind of looking at like his support system again this is the story that i'm coming up with was nowhere where it needed to be right like you said nobody was saying like hey we got to get you some help and maybe if it did happen it was maybe it's too far gone or whatever the situation may be but like you said you need a strong personality to be like yo you need to do this or this is we we're gonna go take this trip to get you some help so i feel like that also contributes to it when you're falling back on the same thing that's helpful for you is like you're that's this is my my one and only our main coping skill but it's also the same thing that's hurting you because it's like it's keeping you within that cycle and that insight like you said you just they don't you don't have the insight at that particular time because again you're feeding a lot of people and you have so many other different things that are going on. And you, you've got, like you said, these unfortunate or unethical, probably like health, you know, clinicians, like you said, that are willing to write you scripts and just kind of keep keep the machine going, right? Yeah. So it, it, it's it's difficult, man. That when you see that starting, that person starting to unravel, starting to kind of go in that that downward spiral, you know. And it's um, and I mean, let's let's face it, for some people. You know, if you're rich and you're facing your car at 100 miles an hour on and you got a Ferrari, mania may feel good to you. You know, now the fall down is going to be very long and hard, you know, but if you're Kanye West and you can go in the store and spend $300,000 in, in 15 minutes. You ever seen that uh, video when Michael Jackson walked through that store and spent yeah. like 15 million in like 20 minutes? He's yeah. like, I want that, I want that, I want that. We, Kanye West is that kind of rich. Yeah. So when you're that kind of rich, bro, and you can excessively spend, excessively shop, you know, I mean, obviously he's married, but you know where I'm going with that. Listen, the world is your oyster. So of, of course, you know, on the other side of it, there are going to be some repercussions in the fall is going to be very, you know, long and hard. But when you when when he's in that state. Who's going to be the person to say, oh, stop spending. And come go come to therapy, you're, you're spiraling out of control. Who's going to say that to him? Yeah, who not his doctor. He, he can his doctor. I mean, respectfully, like, you know what I'm saying? Like you. You're talking about a power differential that is ridiculous. 
how, how many billions of dollars is Kanye West worth? Like five? Or I, I don't know. You know, Some, or 1.2 billion or something like that. But it's also like but the point yeah. is his doc. I was gonna say the insight, like you said, a I lot remember, of it drives, like you said, Trump if you had don't a doctor too. Like you Donald said, he Trump can have he can have the insight. Yeah, where it's like you said, you can have a physician come up to that person and say, "Listen, you know," and and give him that real talk and tell him what he. This is the steps that you need to do given the state that you're in, and because that individual has just a world full of resources, he could be like, "You know what? I want another doctor. Right. <laughs> I need and, another person." <laughs> and that's you know, my I point. Need the person. You're talking with about a man that has multiple residences, probably in multiple countries. In multiple states in the United States, Kanye West can order in a doctor to prescribe him anything he wants. Yeah, I mean, it obviously it's unethical in all of those things, but in a country of 360 million people, 400 million, he can find somebody. So my my the bigger point is just when you're rich and powerful like that, it's hard to get good treatment. It just is, you know. Um, and, you know, it, the, this mental health thing doesn't discriminate. I think that's what some people, when they become so surprised that when someone of his stature or any other celebrity figure, when they start to experience these issues and it's just like, no, nah, like they're they're human beings, too. Like this mental health thing does not discriminate. It doesn't matter, you know, how much money you have, how much money you don't have, where you're from, male, female, what age, you know, it's going to. It's going to take place. And like you get your environment has, you know, the strong factor of things. And if sometimes you're giving someone that is struggling with whatever particular issue and you give them an, un, you know, just maximum amount of resources, like you said, if you give someone that is struggling with alcoholism and this person has unlimited funds, guess what? what, Guess what's going to happen? Right. Mm -hmm. You know, so. It's like you have the issue and then, like you mentioned, you have the the environmental factors, right? You got that, which which is going to either, you know, make it, you know, 100 times worse or that person you hope we eventually get on the other side of the spectrum and get the help, best help that money can buy. But again, it depends on where that person's insight is. And if that person doesn't is suffering from a severe lack of insight and judgment, then, yeah, we're, we're going to continue to watch this person, you know, spiral out. Because of what now, they have available. I'll give you the other side of it, right? And this person doesn't have a diagnosed mental disorder. I'm not saying any of that. But if you take Jay-Z, for example, on the other side of it, right? Mm-hmm. As big and as powerful as Jay-Z is, right? On 444, he was openly talking about going to therapy for yeah. challenges that we all have had in our lives, different things, right? Think about how, how much strength it takes for somebody that's that powerful to humble themselves to the point to go in a therapist's office and reflect on what they on on on, on their challenges, their shortcomings. Mm-hmm. That's the other side of it, you right. know. But if we look at these two gentlemen, you know, and of course we're making assumptions here, you know, one definitely appears more settled than the other, right? One life, one one would appear when it would, I would assume, might have more of that support that we're talking about, right? Um, than the other may. You know, and, and 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 the outcome, let the outcome be the be the proof, right? Because we see one person who's kind of looking within himself to kind of build and heal as all of us hope we can do as men, right? And then we have another person who we can see the deficits. I can see him from my house. You can see him, right? Mm-hmm. 
But obviously that person has zero insight, but we can all see, <laughs> you know what I mean? And that's the definition, obviously, of somebody that needs help, right? Because we're all pointing at them, you know, and they're pointing up, down, or so at somebody else, you know? Um, so I think they're, they're, they're two good examples, right? Because you have one person that's rich and powerful and is strong enough to home themselves to kind of look, look at their own relationship, et cetera. And then you have another who you can present them all the evidence in the world. And of course, these aren't equally, I'm not conflating them because one is a, is a obviously a, a mental disorder and the other, but we're just talking about insight here. You know what I mean? Yeah. We're just talking about insight and when it comes to rich and powerful people. So, you know. Yeah, I mean, it's, um, it even to the extent of when people go through things, right? Because we all know that like, what's the uh the best way or, or what's the definition of insanity right doing the same thing over and over again expecting a different result so if you have an individual you know that experiences something right experiences some form of a life event due to his behavior and maybe almost loses mm-hmm. things or he really he's like he, he there's like that that moment where he's just like all right this is where an intervention kind of comes in right for him and then he's willing, he gains that insight. And then you have some people where events like that will happen and they're still, like you said, going to continue to go down that same path. I look at someone like Jay-Z and even though he's a very private person, there have been a few things that have taken place in his life that have become public. And then even that he's right. right, whether it have been, you know, infidelity or other different things that took place that and he's been open. He said this, this those were some of the, the factors that contributed to him taking a look at himself like, oh, I need to, I need to get this together. Right. Right. I'm I'm, I'm losing things or on the verge of losing, losing things, whether it be family, whether it be something else that's really important to him. So he decided to, you know, get that professional help, right. Do all these other different things. So I think that also goes into it, which, which filters into the insight thing of like, okay, when something happens, are you willing to take a step back? Are you willing to say like, okay, what's happening here? And like, all right, something needs to change. I need to do something different. Or are you going to continue down that same path and just continue to, you know, do the same thing over and over again? And then things just get become more and more severe as far as those issues. So, um, yeah, it, it's, um, you know, it, it's good when you have people like the Jay, you know, Jay-Z and Big Sean and Kid Cudi who are, are willing to talk about, you know, the troubles that they've gone through. And then now going through therapy, doing meditation, all these other different things. And they're willing to go out and talk about this because like you mentioned earlier, this is what helps reduce stigma. This is what Mm -hmm. normalizes what people are going through. And then unfortunately, like you said, on the other side, you're going to have individuals, not just Kanye West, but just other people that are high profile figures that it doesn't appear at least at this point. We again, we don't know these people personally or professionally, but things aren't going so well. They're going, it's things are still kind of going and trajecting right. in that, that same direction. So, you know, man, I'm like, I'm, I'm loving it when, when I hear um, these individuals and I and especially like the Jay-Z's because he speaks to an older demographic, right? right? So you have like the older folks that are like that 35 and up that have like seen hip hop and seen them from like the nineties and the eighties. And he's talking about, so when you have a figure such as him and he's like, listen, I'm in therapy, I've gone to therapy. I think that also, because there's still that stigma with the older population, right. With the older folks, especially men that are like, 
nah, I'm not doing that therapy thing. I, I don't want to talk. I don't want to, you know, do all these different things, given what they've experienced and what they've been told and raised with. When they see older figures, especially successful figures like Jay-Z mm-hmm. and other different people who are willing to talk about that, like, I, I'm, I love it, man. It, it's just, it's so refreshing that they're willing to have these conversations and, and move forward in, in that manner, man, because they're, they're a huge influence. They are. And I, and I mean, just to kind of add to that, I mean, I just think obviously it was very important coming from a figure like Jay-Z. And then you got to remember that, you know, I kind of wonder too, um, well, not wonder, but the thing is everything he Jay-Z does is calculated, you know? So the fact that he mentioned that in that song and what, you know, there was a reason why he mentioned that. So whether there's a correlation between that and some of the things we were talking about today in terms of like the younger rappers, I don't know, but we know that one thing Jay Z always has is his pulse on what's current. It don't matter how old he is. He always got his, his pulse on current issues. So I don't think it's a coincidence, you know, that that pops up in that album. Um, and it's, it's within the wave of all, all of these, you know, mental health issues popping up with, you know, as themes in these songs, you know? Yeah. I mean, it definitely personifies growth, you know, cause that's, that's where we're on that, you know, that path of life, right. You're, we're trying to be a better version of ourselves. And so, you know, it's good when like you see him at a certain age and like you said, he's calculated. There's a reason why he's talking about it because I'm sure he sees it as a growing issue or as an, an ongoing issue that's that's getting worse. So if he's able to use his platform and say, listen, I'm at this point in my life. I have all these other different things. I'm successful and I'm willing to talk about these things. There's a, like you said, there's a reason, there's a rhyme and reason why he's he's mentioning it. And so, you know, I'm just you put the information out there and I'm hoping that, you know, everyone latches on to that. Right. It at least has kind of like that mechanism or that that thought process of like okay if this person is able he's he's mentioned it he's comfortable with it and look how successful he is then you know it might be something to it right worthwhile looking into you never know like you you hope that just that that train of thought is able to do it you know i agree i definitely agree man so i'm loving it man you know this is you know this is why we continue to have this conversation you know um so you know, I mean, this this has been great, man. Like, I'm I'm hoping that uh, you know, everybody else out there, you know, in, enjoyed the the conversation. You know, we definitely talked about some really two, you know, and crucial items. Um, anything else you wanted to add before we get out of here? Uh, no, nah, not much, man. Just um, you know, definitely a good conversation today. You know, I look I look uh, forward to next week. You know. All right, absolutely, man. Appreciate uh, you being here again to everybody that's listening, um, you know, on the YouTube channel, on sites, or on the link where you're able to download the podcast. If you guys have any comments or any suggestions. Again, we want to talk about things that are pertinent and, you know, that are you guys are going through, you know, it's relevant. So we want to talk about these health issues, these everyday life struggles, what's going on in the news. So guys, please feel free to, you know, shoot us a message, put something in the comments about some topics that you want to hear Dr. Jason and I talk about, right? Because, you know, we, we want to talk about things that are important to you guys. All right. So appreciate everybody listening and tuning in. We'll see you next time. Signing off.